Hey, this is Omar, and this is, and that's okay. You're listening to a podcast about life, mental health, and taking care of ourselves. All right. Um, I know last time we were talking about my journey starting in the self-care. So I think I'm going to start there and kind of expand. I guess I'll do a little bit of a recap of what we talked about last time. And that was basically um, one of the major times of me feeling hopelessness. And so, um, and then we talked about the system I was in and the feelings I was having and the thoughts I was having and how I was spiraling at times. So um, I think this is the transition into me talking about why self-care became so important to me and I guess the challenges I faced with that. Um, I guess I'll start with like when that time happened and I started having discussions with people um, friends and co-workers and my supervisor that's when it became really important to me to better understand what's going to work for me for self-care or my well-being I you know either one works and one of the things I did set up right away was the 7 p.m rule and basically the 7 p.m rule is I don't talk about work after 7 p.m. I know we're talking about it tonight, but still that's different. <laughs> but like, if I get texts, if it's not very important for me to respond back, I'm not going to. Uh, a part of that reason is I need time to disconnect from my job. And if I'm always connected to work, always thinking about work, I never get to that place of pulling myself out of that feeling of fear or anxiety. Um, not saying work's always scary, but like I don't get that chance to be more into my personal life. And so I've, I really stuck to that. And I know I talked about an experience five years ago, but I've, I've really stuck to that. And it's been very helpful. Um, I also like to work out. Um, I got more serious about that. I used to be like, yeah, I go work out. But like, I started to understand. And I've talked to you about this, um, Brie, like I would get up at three o'clock in the morning and work out. And you call me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I still don't know how we're friends after that conversation. (laughs) But um, I respect it. I appreciate that. Um, I think for me, it's due to the fact that I do wake up in the middle of the night and I start thinking 
And I think my way of trying to break that thought, you know, people call it insomnia, but to break that is to go work out and then it changes my brain and then I can come back home and fall asleep again. And it's been really helpful. And as time has gone on, I've really tried to be really disciplined in it and stick to it. Um, so are you in a place now where you sleep better? I do. Or, okay, that's good. Because yeah. now I'm just picturing you getting up in the middle of the night and going to the gym and then going back to bed. And I'm <laughs> like, wait, what? And I'll be honest, I don't do it every night. Like, I have a set schedule starting on Tuesday. I go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes Saturdays I work out. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, I'll work out at home. But then, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I try to go to the gym and then Saturday I'll run or something. Yeah. I mean, the two themes that I, that I've heard so far is that number one, you set a boundary and then number two, you started working on establishing routines. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. I'm, I'm wondering Omar with that 7 PM rule. Cause I really like last on to it and loved that. What kind of pushback did you get from either work or like personal life that you kind of had to either rethink or explain to people in a different way to help them understand that boundary you were setting? That's a really good question. Um, I think some of the pushback I get, I got back was, you know, I, when I connect with people, I like to be really helpful. And so when you're, when I would get a text from like an employee. I mean, sometimes I had to sound like a jerk and it it came off that way. So, Hey, can we talk about this? And it'd be like, well, I don't talk about work after seven o'clock. So we're going to have to wait till tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And that could be hard. Um, And people respected it. But like, if my supervisor texted me, like, And I have understanding supervisors like there's I'm not like trying to single anybody out. They understood and I made it clear like during supervisions like I have to have this. And um, so I would get a text and sometimes I won't respond. And if it's important enough to respond, I would. And, And sometimes, you know, you get comments of like, Hey, did you get my text? <laughs> Those awkward conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really, for me, it was really establishing how important it was to me um, as a person and someone who does really, when I'm at work, I work really hard. And so like, I'm there do, doing the work. And now I'm home and I want to split the two. And I know some people can't do that, but I've worked really hard to do that too, to have that separation. So there was a a certain amount of pushback. And as I was starting to establish it, I had to face myself and fight myself with it of, okay, you got to stick with it, Omar. If you break this, then it's going to be okay for other people to break it. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I know last week we were talking about um, your time on call 
and how stressful that was. So let's say if you are on call now at any point or in an imaginary world where you might be on call, how does the 7 p.m. role play into that? Oh, good question. <laughs> I think at that time I, I would have to make some adjustments to it, right? Like if I'm on call, I have to answer. There's no way around that. Um, and if it, I mean, honestly, I would have to be honest with myself. Like if it got to a point to where I felt my mental health was at risk, then I would have to probably consider moving on, you know, like, and being in a job that maybe that's not a requirement, you know, um, because I, I have to prior prioritize myself. And I think that can be hard to do. Absolutely. I mean, especially in this day and age with the like, business and go get them attitude. But right. overall, I love your commitment to the mindfulness for yourself and the mental health and the boundaries in the workplace that you're willing to say yes and no to. Yeah. Um, there was, I was, okay. I was on TikTok. I'll say it. And there's this guy saying something along the lines of like, uh, and I was watching him and he was like, most of us, when we have a commitment to other people, um, feel bad when we don't, you know, keep that commitment to them and we kind of beat ourselves up over it. And why don't we have that same drive when it comes to ourselves? So when we promise ourselves to do something, why aren't we like, I should have kept that promise to me, you know? And I, I agree with that. Like, it's got to be the same thing. Yeah, I love that accountability for yourself just as much as others in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, boundaries are a good way to look at, you know, self-care categorically, but your boundary, your 7 p.m. boundary, um, I can't even like remotely think about applying it to, to my, <laughs> to my job because, um, and Katie too, right. You had a session that was scheduled for 7 PM. So, um, you know, like I, I see, I see people virtually in the evenings. Um, I have a boss who works in New Zealand. Um, so I get emails from her at like 3 AM, which I don't, you know, I don't check. I don't get alerts for, I don't respond to, but we also have like a chat system within our company. And so like, um, you know, and, and some of my coworkers like get up super early cause they have kids. And so like, I'll hear the like notifications going off in the other room at like 6am and it's just a Wordle score. And I'm like, <laughs> like, how do you set a boundary for that? You know? Um, so I think, I, I think it's important and I think it's, you know, it's obviously unique to every individual. Like what does your system, the system you're in allow for, and then what can you commit to for yourself? Like, what can you, what promises can you make for yourself that are realistic and can be held in that? And so did you, so how did that, how did that 7 PM rule align with um, your work schedule? Like, did you implement it after you stopped being assigned like on calls shifts or 
Did you slowly implement it? Did, did it just start right away whenever you could apply it? How did you, how did you navigate that? I think I started slowly. Um, and then I had to apply it when I could. And then when I like fully moved away from being on call, I could do it at more of a frequency. Um, and so as time went on, I'm, I no longer have to do on call. So it's easier for me to establish that and keep that. Um, and I think that's also a good point you're making of like, as you're creating boundaries or as you're trying to create a system for your own wellness, um, trying things out and teasing things out and is this going to work and how do I make adjustments here and can I implement it right away or is this more of a I'm going to have to see how things go and then um, make adjustments and I, I think I slowly started it and then as I were was able to be uh, able to establish it more I was I did it and so how long oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna ask how long did it feel like until you got that routine set and comfortable to where it didn't feel almost like a chore for you to remember I'm gonna be completely honest I struggled with it for like the first six months really hard and then as I got closer to a year's time frame, it got easier. Um, it wasn't this quick turnaround. I had, you know, I said earlier, I had to fight myself. And I think that was a, one of the bigger challenges of like, you know, I'm, I want to help. I want to, you know, work with people and I want to be there for people and um, setting that aside and trying to say, no, stay 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 true to this stay true to yourself um was I th probably one of the bigger obstacles I had and so I know the rule is no talking about work after seven but how often do you pull it off that you don't think about work after seven either good point <laughs> I think that's another one that um took years to reduce it. I still think about work from time to time, but not as much. And I think that feels healthier for me. Like I probably will never get to a place where I'm like, whoops, seven o'clock's hit and I'm completely done thinking about work, turning that switch off. But also, and I also said this in the previous episode, giving myself grace in that, not to beat myself up over it, but to be like, okay, I'm thinking about it. Let me face that and fight that to turn it off and be home. And what are other things I can think about at home? Let me just switch my worry over to home stuff. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that like requires a whole nother level of self-care and strategy. Yeah. Right. Because we all think about work at ungodly hours and, and like, unless you, can completely eliminate stress from your work environment and then it's always like so how like how do you how do you just generally reduce the stress even if it still exists um you know? 
I started hobbies, like, and I don't want to say hobbies. I, I developed interest in other things and other things that I wanted to do and that I wanted to be committed to. Um, one of them being this podcast, like, and I know it, I started it two in like almost two years ago, but like it became something that I was like, I commit to this and now I don't have to think about work. I also had a, this might sound weird to people, but like I had to develop a second voice in my head to tell me to shut the F up. Like, Hey, you're thinking about work. You need to shut the F up about work. <laughs> As a therapist. Yes, yes, yes. Omar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but that took some time, like, yeah. And some work and some effort and to be caught like very conscious about. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we, when we left off last time, you talked about the burnout and we kind of transitioned into like what you learned from that experience, how you've applied that, how you've developed strategies for self-care. Um, but the other component that we wanted to talk about, or at least consider, um, is how this journey was different for you looking at it through the lens of a black man and, and, and that experience, because I think that is something that is obviously unique to you. I don't know if um, our listeners can tell that I am not a black man and Katie is not a black man either. And so <laughs> Thank you for pointing so you're that the, out. Yeah, you're the one to uh, speak to that, Omar. So, so uh, share, please. I, so I, I'll I'll put it this way, and um, I, I I guess I'll talk about it in a couple different ways and a couple different angles and see if I can make sense of what I'm saying. Um, I think because I work in the mental health field it's already a rarity that a lot of men work in the mental health field. And so for me to take a journey into that is already rare. And so I think it becomes even more of a rarity that you see a lot of men of color in the field. And so like, the way I grew up, military family, you don't, you just do, you don't really think. Um, and this is, I mean, I, I, I love my, my parents. I love my, the, the experience I got from, and the lessons that I learned from having a father that was in the military. Um, I think that's where the getting up early and working out comes, comes from, um, that makes sense. <laughs> now it's finally clicking for me. Um, but it was also hard because you don't, as a male and a male of color, you don't talk about how you feel. You don't address how you feel. You definitely don't say, you know, something was scary. Like that takes time to even develop that level of or skill in that 
And I am also a person who wants to be true to themselves and true to what they do. And how can I do that and encourage the people that I work with and um, the clients that I work with to be true to themselves if I'm not doing the work myself? And I think that's where I found myself in conflict of um, what I'm not supposed to talk about is, but if I'm encouraging this young person to talk about it or an employee to talk about it, and I don't have the skill set to help them and support them through that, then it makes no sense, right? And so I had to give way to the idea of, okay, I have to start talking about how I feel and what that means and what things mean to me. Um, on top of like, I'm really driven as a man of color to be successful um, and to show that I'm successful and um, wanting people to see that like, and kids who like we serve who are kids of colors, there's, there's someone that looks like me that is in this like driven and healthy way and there's this doorway open and staff members too like um so like understanding that i i i need to be in a way that promotes growth promotes feeling healthy and being healthy and being able to talk about it and also understanding there's pressure to that yeah that's that uh double-edged sword right like yeah there's that desire to be that. And those are all good things to be. And it's important and meaningful for those kids. But then there's also the pressure of that on top of it. Like, I have to be this. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you, Omar, for sharing that story with us and your experience. Because personally, I was getting chills kind of talking about talk or hearing you talk about how your work is impacting other children, other coworkers, and the example that you could be whenever there might not be a lot in their lives right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. I would also say there is an element of feeling like a perfectionist. I can't make mistakes. <laughs> That's that yeah. military shit too, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, I do want to point out, like, I really appreciate this conversation we're having. I think it's an important conversation that we are having. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you, what advice do you have for uh, other people in the mental health field, other men of color who are in this field or considering this field? Um, what's, what's your big takeaway if you had to put it into, you know, just one piece of advice for them? I would probably say come from a learner's perspective. Understand you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Understand you're, I mean, there's going to be times you're going to get hit with something that's going to just make you feel a certain way. Um, be open to building and working with people that you feel safe and comfortable with to talk to. I mean, that can also include therapy. Um, I went to therapy and I thought, I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. 
because I had someone outside of my life that I can just say all these things I want to say and need to say, and I don't have to hold it in. Um, Also understand that like, it's okay as you're going in your journey and down the road to take a step back and say, is this for me? I think we all do it. Um, And that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) Good job, Katie. Cue the music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Um, I do want to just thank some people throughout my life. I'm not going to say their names. Uh, There's a couple people that I can say. I asked them if I could, but like, just like supervisors along the way, um, you two, friendships along the way, um, my family. Um, I just currently got a place and I just want to thank my realtor. I, I'm a first time home buyer, which is great. And I want to thank my realtor, Melanie H. And then my friend, Jared, who helped me like with my finances. Um, I think those kinds of people who want to see you succeed and contribute to that are vital also to it too. That sounds like that's a good place to start or stop. Stop. (laughs) I was going to say, start the, like, you know, the music that plays off like Emmy winners, you know, (laughs) Just drop the mic on the epic speech yeah, and just yeah. away. <laughs> um, yeah, that I thank you for sharing and and I think that your um the listeners are gonna appreciate hearing, like finally hearing your story about what led you here. And getting to know you a little bit better because you've spent several seasons highlighting other people. And I think it's it's worthy to uh, recognize yourself, not just your struggles, but your like huge accomplishments too, both personally and professionally, and celebrate that. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you for for letting us be a part of that conversation. Absolutely. I think it was awesome. Thank you. Guys. I'm excited yeah, to see how it turns out. Me too. Thank you. I thank you too for your support. Um, and one of you two is next. So, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. I'll get asked <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> there are things we can do to take care of ourselves. And sometimes it takes time to figure it out. And that's okay.